Ephesians chapter 3. We're looking at verses 14 to 21. The fullness of God. Also known as start your engines. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant to you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all of the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up with all of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all we can ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus, to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Father, we come now to hear to hear your word, the power of your spirit to help strengthen us in the inner man that we may be a dwelling place for Christ himself to be absolutely comfortable so that we can watch the love of Christ manifest in our lives. That, Father, we can experience that and then grasp it in such a way that we will watch the totality of you, Father, doing exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what we can think or ask. Thank you, my King. In Christ's name, amen. We've looked at the Spirit's power. We've looked at Christ's indwelling. We have been looking now with love's abundance, or miraculous love, if you want. You can call it whatever. And understanding a love that is beyond comprehension. Understanding a love that the world can't. They can't grasp it. They can't understand it. They can't mimic it. They have no ability. It is not of their nature. I was going back through years ago. I taught in the upper room discourse out of the Gospel of John uh, with the intention of completely expounding uh, the Lord's Prayer in John 17. But he explains to his disciples a number of things that must happen and that he must leave. And upon leaving, he needs he would send one to help the Spirit of the living God. And in chapter 13, you see there, 13, 14, 15, and 16 is this discourse that he goes through. But in chapter 13, specifically, Jesus takes off his a robe, sash, and he gets a basin of water, and he begins washing the disciples' feet. Okay? Now, in the household, the lowest slave is the one who washed feet. All right? Jesus takes that mantle, the lowest slave, and he begins washing the feet, and he gets the encounter with Peter, and Peter says, You ain't washing my feet. And Jesus says, if I don't wash your feet, you're no part of me. He says, all right, then wash my hands and my head and, you know, give me a bath. Okay? You know what's amazing about that text? He says, I want you to love one another. And what he did is he said, I want you to see this is how I express it. Okay? And you are what? 
followers of me. But do you understand that in that same area, they discuss which one is greatest in the kingdom? You ever think about that? I'm wanting to show you the servant of servants, and you guys want to figure out who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Jesus tells Peter, he says, you know, where are you going? And he says, you know, I'm out of here. Well, I won't go with you. And he says, no, you're, you, you'll go in your time. And he says, no, you don't know. He said, I'll suffer for you. And he says, you will. You will spread out your arms and you will die for me. Okay. Of course, he was talking about Peter was crucified. Okay. You know what Peter's response was? He looks over and John says, what about him? If I want him to stay until I return the second time, he will. See how that works? It's being laid out right in front of them. Not only is it being laid out, it's being experienced right in front of them. And what happens? (laughs) They slept through the class. They didn't get it. You know what? There ain't a person in this room right now who isn't guilty of the very same thing. We can all sit and smile at each other. We'll get a little bumper sticker that says agape on there. And maybe we'll put a little fish over top of our agape. So we're really good. And all that means is that your car loves you. That's it. Because... If you're really honest with yourselves right now, we really love ourselves and we like what some people can do for us. Now, every once in a while, we, we, we defeat it. We, oh, no, I, I overcome it. And then I woke up. <laughs> How is it that Jesus can wash their feet and they can argue over who will be the greatest in the kingdom? And Jesus tells them, just love one another. Just love one another. Listen, think about it. It is difficult for us right now, and I think a lot of it is our society, the country that we live in. And the the, the thing is, is it's an unrelenting battle. It's not a... uh, Short term, it's not. It's, it's, if it would be so easy, if you could just fight it once, I've got victory over it, and boom, I don't have to worry about it again. But it'll come back. And here's how I, I'll show it to you: not trying to seek your own things. Think about that for a second. Not trying to seek your own things. Not trying to seek your own position. Have love for one another. Have you ever thought about that? You know, we have a blessing because we are so small, but I'm not sure that we're utilizing that blessing. That we should be able, without any effort whatsoever, to understand the needs of each and every one of us. And know those needs. And yet, 
We get busy. We uh, got Christmas shopping to do. I need to start mine. But I'll probably do that uh, on the 24th because I, I tend to be very effective on the 24th. Um, so it's just uh, something that I do. Have you ever really sat around and thought what Peter said to the Philippians? Considers others more important than yourselves? You ever thought about that? I mean, love your neighbor as yourself. Your neighbor is anybody that ain't you. Okay? I can look at all of you and say, I know you love yourselves. You're dressed. Okay? I don't see anybody look like they're withering away from starvation. Will I help my neighbor in the same way? Yeah, I got some suits that won't fit me anymore. You want them? (laughs) Anyway, just kidding. (laughs) Have you ever thought about what it is to love as Christ loves? Have you ever really thought about that? And yet, you know what you're supposed to do? We looked at it this morning in Romans 8. Be conformed into the image of Christ. We sang the song, Name Above All Names, and, and I mentioned this this morning in Sunday school class, is that, you know, you call upon the name, you need to know who He is, because the name is all that He is. If you think about it from this perspective, we have a tendency that when we pray, we will pray it in Christ's name. Okay? What you're saying is, I know exactly what Christ wants. So when I pray, I'm going to pray exactly what Christ wants. How are you doing with that? That's a little tricky, isn't it? You ever prayed and say, I'm praying this and I know this is what Christ wants. Yet we are told to do it. Which means that he must be willing to tell us what it is he wants. Be as Christ. Now I want you to think about when when you think about it, because we like to think about His love. We like to think about His mercy. We like to think about His grace. So I am going to try to live my life with the love of Jesus Christ. I want to try to live with the mercy of Jesus Christ. I want to try to be as gracious as Jesus Christ. I'm going to really have a hard time, ain't I? You know why? We don't like to admit to it. But there's one thing that Christ exuded that set the stage for all of that. The creator of existence. Okay, understand that. He created space. He created time. He created matter. Everything you see, he spoke into being. Okay, that creator. Made himself a servant. The creator of existence, washing his knucklehead disciples' feet. Have you ever tried that kind of humility? <coughs> Oofta. You will never, you will, you will never love until there's humility. It's impossible. Okay, because. When you have pride there, who are you in love with? 
Humility is the key ingredient of that strengthening in the inner man. When the Holy Spirit is strengthening you in the inner man, you can't have anything but humility. Because you realize you're not bringing anything to the table. You have done, nor do you possess, nor can you do anything that deserves that. That is the strengthening of the inner man, first and foremost. Humility. Humility. Because it is through that humility that Christ, to use the terminology I used a couple of weeks ago, that Christ starts cleaning those closets. Those little bitty things that nobody sees that you and I hang on to. We kind of put it back here because if you can't see it, then it, yeah, you can't, if you can't see it, then ha <laughs> ha. But the spirit in the inner man humbling you. And at some point you realize that the stuff you got in them closets, the stuff you got in that living room, the stuff you got in the dining room, the stuff you got in the library, the stuff you got in the shop, all that stuff is important to you. It is not important to Christ. That's why he comes through and he replaces us with the things that are important. If you have the inner strength of the Spirit of God, then you have the indwelling of Christ. He is comfortable. He is at home. And then I told you that the, these are henna purpose clauses in here. And the henna is so that. I'm strengthening the inner man so that Christ dwells comfortably. So that I am rooted and grounded in love. And I can comprehend with all of the saints. I have to have the first two so I can have the incomprehensible, miraculous love as a foundation for my living. And that you will grasp that love for every situation. It's impressive. I, I want you to understand something about this. It says that You are being rooted and grounded so that you are being rooted and grounded. Why? Because he is dwelling. Kata, kasedo. Okay? He's at ease. He's at ease. The stench of your inner sin is gone. Then you can comprehend that. It's another kata. It's intensified. Kata lambal. Okay? You seize it. I grasp it. I comprehend it. As all of the saints. I grab that love. You know, and I wish you would... Would just grasp the fact that this is something the world can never and will never know. 
Lost people cannot know this. Lost people will never know this. It should be the passion that we share the gospel with. Why? I want to tell you about a love that is mind-boggling, mind-numbing, and it surpasses human understanding. The love of Christ. The love of a Creator who humbled Himself to be the lowliest of slaves, of servants. And that love, then I can carry into my family. I can carry it into my job. I can carry it. You know what? You can even carry it into your Christmas shopping. I was at the airport in uh, Charlotte Friday. It's a relatively good size airport, but it, they're they're building or remodeling. I don't know what they're doing, but everything's tore up. And they had one gate for security. There's a huge line. All of a sudden, the powers that be says, move to checkpoint B. Anybody that's outside of that little roped off thing, anybody that's outside of that move to B. So this throng of people starts down toward checkpoint B. And it fills up almost instantaneously. So what time I get down there, this powers that be come move to checkpoint C. And so all of us who are still outside of the little rope things, we the little the good little cattle start moving down to the next one. And then I started watching the people. And you would have thought we were going to the gas chambers. These people were mad. They were cussing, and I mean they were vile in their profanity, and they were cussing these poor little TSA people. That I'm like, <laughs> this ain't their decision. And then I finally get into a line at checkpoint E, <laughs> which is at the complete opposite end of the airport from where I'm supposed to go to my gate. So I'm like, okay, so I need to exercise, evidently, Lord, eh? And so you just watch all these people and they're, they're running past each other and they're running over you and they got them little roll around bag things and it's, you feel like you're in some kind of hockey game and ah, I'm going to check you before you check me and, and it's just bizarre. And finally when we get into it and you start going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, I decided that I'll try something. So this lady was behind me and she was a hoy. She was not having a good day, I could tell. And I just turned around and I looked at her and she had this glare thing on her face. And I was like, oh, she, maybe this ain't a good idea, Terry. So I just looked at her and said, I just want to tell you Merry Christmas. She didn't know what to do. She had no idea. And then a, a couple that was in front of me, they said, hey, Merry Christmas. I want you to have a Merry Christmas, Okay. Because you guys are getting ready to get pounded with snow, so you might as well enjoy it, people, because you guys don't have any. I didn't say that. Okay? But all I could think was, Merry Christmas. And then, you know, the, this poor little girl that was sitting there all by herself, you know, where you have to go through the security, and they make sure that you got your boarding pass and your driver's license, and then they put a little yellow marker on there that says, he didn't blow nothing up and come on through. I just looked at her, and you could tell that she was being beat ragged. I just looked at her, reached out, and I touched her on her forearm. I said, have a Merry Christmas. 
And I walked on by and she just looked at me and got this big old grin on her face. And I thought, that's all it is. We are got the hecticness of all of this going on. And I was early. I mean, I wasn't in no hurry. I think I was there about three o'clock. My flight left at six. So I was was trying to figure out, I wonder what they got in there to eat that ain't going to cost me a second mortgage. So anyway, so I I went in and, you know, the people that I was dealing with in the the restaurant, hey, Merry Christmas, okay? And, and, And it was like, you could just see them change. Okay, now I gotta hate to break the news to you. That ain't me. That is not my personality. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in there. You're gonna start checking me. I'm checking back. Okay? And, and, and by golly, there ain't no referee around here. I'll cheat. Cause that's the way I am. You hit me, guess what? <laughs> You'll know you done wrong. And if the Lord said, hang in there. When we don't have this strength in the inner man, then we are weak. And when we don't have that strength in the inner man, Christ isn't comfortable. And if Christ isn't comfortable, then you are not rooted and grounded in love. Okay? Which brings me to, I know what everybody's been waiting on. The breadth and the length and the height of this love. This little section, this little piece that Paul has here. He's trying to describe this love. See, he says, I want you to grab this and grasp it. But I want you to know its fullness. I want you to know its completeness. I want you to know just how amazing this is, you know, and it, 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 it would be like if I was writing scripture, don't worry, I'm not. It would say, do you understand that this love is up and this love is down and this love is right and this love is left? And Paul is trying to show that this love is just universal. Remember what he said? Rooted and grounded. So you can comprehend how, what with all of the saints. It it is a love that is encompassing every aspect of who we are. It encompasses me when I'm by myself. It encompasses me when I'm in a crowded airport. It encompasses me if I'm with a couple of people. It encompasses me if I'm with a couple of thousand people. That's the love that he's talking about. It is the quality of this love. A love that extends In all directions. I shared a prayer request this morning about a man who does not like me. And he hasn't for years. He he just, he doesn't like me. He never, I'm one of them religious freaks. And he's he's a crusty old bird. But he's, he's got cancer in his bones now. And he called me yesterday. And I mean, this is how, this is how this was. This is the, 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 this guy, if he seen me talking to a, a mutual friend, when I left, he would go over and tell, what are you talking to him for? Don't you know what he does? He, he'll be judging you. He'll be, he, you don't want to be involved with that guy. That's just the way he was. But he called me last night. Pretty amazing. Uh, he's got, 
about five, eight years ago, something like that. He had prostate cancer, and they did radiation and got it all fixed up. And so he goes in yearly for a scan or a test or something like that. Now he's got cancer in his right hip, uh, in his lower back, back behind his spleen and pancreas. They're not really sure where it's at. All the rest of it. And he called me, which kind of freaked me out, to be honest with you. Okay. And then his wife called me and said, well, what did you say to him? And I, I said, uh, I just shared the love of Jesus Christ. And he said, well, he's been crying for an hour and a half since he got home. And she says, I didn't even know he could cry. And I said, well, pray for him because I am. So I haven't heard from him. I told him they could call me anytime. But, but this man didn't like me. I mean, it's, and I never did anything. It wasn't like I walked up to him. I said, let me tell you something, buddy. You either turn or burn, baby. I didn't do that. I, I didn't. Nope. You know, he, he could tell. I could tell he didn't like me. And I just gave him a wide berth. But it's a love that extends in all directions, even when they don't like you, even when they talk behind your back, even when they bring derogatory responses to you, that kind of love. You know, and I, I look at it in these terms, and I heard somebody, and I keep thinking it was J. Vernon McGee, but I could be wrong. It is a love that is encompassed by the cross. Okay, here's what I mean. The cross is no greater symbol of love. Okay? There's nothing greater than the cross as the picture of love. Listen, and now here, 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 here was the illustration that I heard, and I can't remember who, who it was. It's been a long time ago. You've got to remember the cross. It points up. But you know what? It also points down. Okay? And the extending arms... Point all the way around the world. That's that love. It encompasses all. It embraces all. That is the love of God. That cross. God's love for us is as large as existence. Okay, now, I, now, now you, you think about that and you go, oh, amen, brother. Okay, well, let me tell you something. Our text says, where's that love at? All the saints. An ancient church father by the name of Jerome wrote it this way, and I quote, The love of Christ reaches up to the holy angels, reaches down to those in hell. Its length covers the man on the upward way, and its breath reaches even to those drifting on evil paths. Unquote. So how does Goofy here describe this? I mean, I can tell you all the Greek words here, breath, length, height, depth. I can tell you all of those. Okay? But how do you describe the indescribable? Well, after much struggling and 
silliness. I decided the best way for me to deal with this is I will let the letter of Ephesians interpret it. Okay? The breath. The breath of God's love. The term literally means how broad is his love. All right? Let me tell you how broad it is. Chapter 2, 11 to 14. Therefore, remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands, remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no home and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. It is broad enough, God's love, to bring the Jew and the Gentile into oneness. Okay? Now listen, you've got to understand, and I went through this in depth, but you take Jew and Gentile and you can't get more opposite than that. I mean, it's, it's, have you ever had this? I just don't have anything in common with them people. Okay? Well, Jew and Gentile have absolutely nothing in common with each other. And yet, that love is so broad that it brought them together. That's how broad this love is. Okay, now, I want you to go back and keep it in your head. You're trying right now to comprehend this because I'm assuming that Christ is comfortable in all your lives. And so now I'm trying to comprehend, okay, what is this miraculous love that I now am in possession of? Okay, the next word there is length. How long is it? It is literally what it means. How long is this love? All right? We see how broad it is. It can bring arch enemies into oneness. How long is it? All right, well, let's go see what... The letter interprets it as chapter one, verse four, just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. How long is it? It began when he chose us in him. In Christ. When did he choose us in Christ? Before the foundations of the world. Okay, so when did it start? Before creation. You can call it eternity past. Alright? Then go over to chapter 2, verse 7. So that in the ages to come, He might show His surpassing riches of His grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Hmm. So how far does it go? It started before creation. How far does it go? Into the ages to come. Okay. So how long is his love? From eternity past 
to eternity future. That's that meaning. Okay? Got it? That's how long it is. That's how broad it is. So, it says next, the... We'll, we'll go with depth first. I like height because it's a cool word. Okay? How deep is his love? How deep is his love? Okay. Chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. And you were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, and the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedient. Among them, we too... All formerly lived in the lusts of our own flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. How deep is God's love? Deep enough to reach us when we were dead in our sins and trespasses. That's how deep it is. Deep enough to reach into the deepest of sin. Interesting, huh? Now, I don't know about you, but where I come from, that's deep. Okay? Remember we sing the song, Oh, the Deep, Deep Love of Jesus? I want you to think about that the next time, okay? It'll be after the holidays. I, I will be chastened if I do not sing Christmas songs. Okay? And the, the one that I wanted to save for last is the height. How high is this love? Okay, the word in the original language is one of my favorite words, is zenith. And it has nothing to do with TVs. Okay, when zenith first came out, you know what they called it? High fidelity. Okay, and that's why it was called zenith. I ain't got nothing to do with this text, I just think that's a cool word. You know, I've got me a zenith in heaven. How high is the love that surpasses knowledge? Chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be our God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. It is high enough to bless us of all the blessings in the heavenlies. That's how high it is. All right? But I'm not done. Chapter 2, verse 6. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. His love is high enough to seat us together in the heavenlies. So when you read that, that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. Do you see what you're chewing on? Okay, now I want you to think about this for a minute. That's yours. 
It's mine. I have to be strengthened in the inner man so that Christ is comfortable in me. Then I will experience and know this. And you can do something really stupid like walk through a bunch of grumpy people in an airport and smile at them and say, Merry Christmas. Because I know it has seat me in Christ. I know I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. I know that his love is broad enough that it covers eternity past. It's long enough for eternity past. I can look at all of these things and say, whoa. It's whoa. How broad is his love? How long is his love? How high is his love? How deep is his love? That's in Christ. Now, do you see why I wanted to sing Jesus' name above all names? Emmanuel. That's what we're singing about. Those who would call upon that name, you know what you're calling on? The breadth and the length and the height and the depth of that love. That is Christ. That is how high it is. It's breath. Bring Jew and Gentile, make them one. Okay? You know what that means? There's no one that his love can't reach. His length runs from eternity past to eternity future. How deep is it? It reaches into the deepest of sin. How high is it? It reaches into the very presence of God in heaven. Even to seat us on his throne. You go back to the Old Testament, it says, God is love. And you go, oh, that's just cool. Now you have a little view of what that is. That is his love. It's breadth, it's length, it's height, and it's depth. Okay? This is the kind of love that each and every one of us should build our lives on. If you're in this love, where's the room for anger? Where's the room for worry? Anxiety. Paul told the Thessalonian believers, we do not grieve as those who have no hope. When I think that this is the love that has sealed me, and when Paul writes to Romans and says, what can separate us from the love of God? And then he says, aren't we more than conquerors? This is the kind of love we should seize at every moment of our existence. And hang on tight.
the love that we are to experience. We should experience it back and forth between each other. And to those who are around us, even with crusty old birds who think that I'm a religious freak. Love that can reach two parties that hate each other. And can reach them in such a way that those two parties can be one. Look at the hate that's in our in our country. We are the United States. And you sit there and go, I don't know what we're united in. United in chaos. We are in serious need of cosmetics to bring it back to order. The love that runs through the beginning of our lives and all the way through to the conclusion. And at that point in time, our faith and hope disappear and all we have left is love. It reaches to those in the darkest and deepest pits. There's no one that it can't reach. I don't care what they're in. That love can still reach them. That love that can lift you into the very presence of He who spoke existence into being. Not only put you in His presence, seat you on the throne. Listen, brothers and sisters, that is the kind of love we are to know. Each and every one of us. Remember, comprehend, grasp, seize with all of the saints. This isn't special for pastors. We, you and I, will have a deep experiential Knowledge of Christ's love. I don't, I don't know how, how many of you know the name of Corey Tinboom. She was a survivor of, uh, I don't remember if it was Dachau or Auschwitz uh, as, a, as a little girl. And she survived it. And she did it by her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, she's powerful. I mean, you know, she's got the number on her arm and, and all the rest of it. And she uh, was at an auditorium, and I can't, you'll have to forgive me, I don't remember where she was, but she was speaking on the love of Christ that is the foundation of his forgiveness. And that's what she was speaking on for this group of people. And she got done. And she had made her way off the stage and was kind of moving up the side wall there. And there was a shadow in, in one of the exit doors. And as she was walking up through there, you know, talking to people, shaking her hands, this man stepped out. And his face caught the light, and she immediately knew who he was. He was the guard of her barracks. Okay? Had raped her and her sister multiple times. A few other atrocities. Uh, she believes that he's the one who killed her sister. And he looked at her and he says, Do you really believe that? And she smiled at him. 
She said, yeah. She says, I believe it so much that I can tell you that I love you and I even forgive you. Guy broke down, bowed down, asked Jesus to save him. That's a pretty intense love if you think about it. We have to comprehend its infiniteness. That's why he uses the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth. Why? It's infinite. It's infinite. We have to understand it. We have to experience of that infinite. Each of us can experience that. That we can love people that the world would hate. The world would hate. And you know what? That can only happen, brothers and sisters, when you are rooted and grounded in it. And that only happens because Christ is comfortable in us. And that only happens because the Spirit of God is at work in there. And the Word of God is dwelling richly inside of us. Got it? Now you got your engine started. It's time for us to start moving and living our life at full throttle. Okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the love that you shed in our hearts through your spirit and the inner man. Father, uh, as I continue to digest what you show me in this, I still am overwhelmed. So, Father, I pray for each person that is here. Those that would hear this online or whatever. That you would uh, strengthen us all with the power of your Spirit in each of our inner man. That, Father, Christ would be comfortable in our hearts through faith. And that we would be rooted and grounded in His love. That we could comprehend with all the saints what is the love that surpasses knowledge. So that we each of us could stand being filled to all the fullness of God. And that He, in His fullness, would do abundantly beyond what we could ask or think according to the power of God inside of us. Help me, my King. Help me to walk worthy. Father, I pray for Castle Rock Baptist Church that she would walk worthy. To you, my Savior, my Lord, my King, Christ's name. Amen.